Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic. If you use display ads on your site, or if you don't but you're thinking about it, check out Ezoic. They will split test everything, ad size, location, different ad networks, the whole shebang to get you the most revenue possible for your ads. Check them out. I use them. All right, today I want to talk about what I coin the crank and bank content strategy for niche and content sites and blogs. What's the difference of them all? Well, for this purpose, nothing. All right, so I'm going to cover what this is, how to do it, and why you should do it. This is a content strategy I deploy across my niche sites. It's my favorite content strategy. It's not the only one I do, but it's generally like 95% of the time this is what I'm doing. And in a nutshell, what it is, is it's publishing more content, but targeting long tail, low competition keywords or topics. All right. And the reason I do that is I'd rather invest my resources, which is time and money into more content for my audience and grow organically and slowly than put all my eggs into a few articles that have the potential of getting a lot of traffic, but then having to spend a lot of time promoting it, building links to it, and all of that. Now, that's another strategy. I I coined that one, the rank and bank strategy. And there's nothing wrong with it. I want to make that clear. All right. I'm merely telling you about the strategy I use. And that doesn't mean that all the other content strategies are bad. They are all good. They all work. I'd be a fool to say that it's my way or the highway. So keep that in mind. Go with the crank and bank if it resonates with you or use it with other strategies at the same time. All right, so let's let's dive into it. Really, what is it? Well, it's long tail, low competition keywords and lots of it. Okay, here's here's the here's the sad truth. Right, if you're if you're targeting low search keywords but they rank quickly, even if you rank, let's say, ten articles, it's still not going to amount to a lot of traffic. Which means in order to get a lot of traffic and grow your revenue, you need to publish a lot of content. So you either need to be able to write a lot and write quickly and still maintain good quality or have a decent budget for outsourcing. That's just the fact of life with this strategy. Now, when I got started, fortunately, I'm a fairly fast writer. I, I can bang out pretty decent articles fairly quickly. So that's probably one big reason why this strategy resonated with me. But more importantly, it resonated because it actually worked. And I'll explain how I kind of stumbled on this whole thing. And, and I'm not the originator of this. Lots of sites use this. In fact, more sites use this model probably than any other, especially the bigger sites. I mean, they're cranking out tons of content daily. And they go for the long tail. Now, they may not go for as, as low search volume as I do. But that's actually a good thing because that I don't I don't want the big sites with the huge authority targeting the same keywords. I want to fly under the radar. I want to go for the stuff other people don't do. And sure, I'm not going to make as much money per article doing the strategy. But when you add them all up, it adds up to good revenue. All right. Now there are really two approaches to this. Okay, the first approach is is what I call the fast approach, and the other one is the slow and steady. Now with the fast approach you're going to skimp a little bit on content quality. Now, that, that, that can be bad, but it can also work for you. And here's, here's the theory behind it. What you're doing is you are paying less for content, but you are getting more content published, targeting more long-tail keywords faster. And I call that the staking your URLs. You're, 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 you're establishing the URLs 
and targeting those keywords and getting them into the search algo. Now, is it the best article it possibly could be? No, it's not. It's, you're, you're skimping a little bit on it. But here's the thing. You can always go back and improve it. And the whole point of this is, is the more content you push out, you are going to find winners. And those winners, you can go back and you can polish up and make really, really good. And that's the theory behind this. Just don't forget to go back and polish up those winners. All right, now that's one approach to this. And I've done this. And, and, a, and a collateral benefit of doing this and I'm going to get into the whole article cluster thing in a bit, is you are going to have some that don't rank ever and get no traffic, but you are going to have some topics, especially if you cover on a diverse set of topics when you're starting out, that are going to rank. And that's really cool because you're going to find a, a topic that Google's favoring your site for, and that is where the gold comes in because because you can actually really dive in on that subtopic within your site. And when that happens, that's when the growth starts happening. Okay? And and in in my view, once once you get to that stage, then when you really flesh out that topic that happens to be ranking and it's almost like an accidental ranking. That's when you take the slow and steady approach, and you're going to really, really dive in deep into that subtopic on your site, just carpet bomb every possible long tail keyword, and even even the higher traffic keywords at this point, and you're going to completely cover it in depth, okay? The other main approach is you could just start out with the slow and steady. Perhaps you're a stickler for high quality content. Maybe you have a readership already and you don't want to deliver or publish subpar content. I get that. I'm actually really moving toward that more and more these days, and I think there's merit behind it. Uh, but uh, basically what it requires is you're not going to publish as much content. You're not going to target as many long-tail keywords in a given week or month. But the content that you do produce is you can be confident that it's going to be really good and that, that it stands a better chance of ranking. I think if starting out, you probably want to definitely try to cover a diverse set of topics within your niche and see what works. But be patient. All right, If, you're, if you just launched your site last week, it's going to take months and months before anything appears on the radar within Google, okay? But once something does, dive in and then just carpet bomb that topic. Just crank and bank, but do do be mindful of content quality. It really does make a difference. I, I can tell you firsthand, like, when I look at my best, highest ranking uh, articles across my sites, there are exceptions, but typically I'm not surprised because they are the better articles. They're better content. They cover the topic better. They're more in-depth. They're not necessarily longer. In fact, my longest articles don't perform nearly as well as shorter articles. And when I say longest articles, I'm talking 5,000 words plus, so that's getting to the ridiculous zone. And when I say the content's not as long, I'm still talking, they're pretty beefy articles. They're 1,800 words, 2,200 words, 2,500 words. This sort of seems to be a sweet spot. All right, so that's the approach, and you have to be patient. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, John, if you're going to invest in outsourcing this and doing this, and i got to publish a lot of content, it's going to cost me a fortune. I'm not going to get that money back in quite some time. And you're right on all accounts, but here's the deal, right? And you're probably, maybe even you're thinking, well, I kind of like the rank of bank. I, I'd rather just publish 10, 20, 30 articles and then focus on promoting those and ranking all of those articles. And it's a totally legitimate, solid approach. But here's the thing, okay? 
you're going to have to invest in promotion and outreach and link building and all the rest of it if you're going to rank higher competition keywords. So you have to choose. Where are you going to deploy your resources? Is it going to be into ranking for high volume keywords? Or is it going to be into going carpet bombing a lot of different keywords and not bothering with the outreach and promotion? All right, Both work. It's, it's really just a decision to make. Now, here's the thing. When you start growing and getting bigger, you can do both. You get the resources, you can do both, and that's, that's really sweet. All right, so how do we execute the crank and bank strategy? What do I do? Well, the secret sauce, and, and, and it boils down to this 100%, is the keyword research. Get really good at keyword research. Get better than every other site in your niche. When you do this you have the advantage, okay? When you cover the low competition keywords, a lot of the big sites aren't gonna go after them. That's great, a big chunk of the competition is already not even within radar. I love that, right? The other thing is, is when you do rank for stuff, they're not coming after you. If you, if you rank for a 100,000 search per month keyword, you are always looking over your shoulder because there are other, every big site in the niche wants to rank for that keyword and they're coming after you. And when you're number one, that's awesome and you're getting lots of traffic, but when you get bumped down to three or four in Google, then you've lost a lot of traffic. And if you've hung, hung your hat on that keyword, that could be a costly hit. Whereas if you go and you just target hundreds and hundreds of really low competition keywords, most of which nobody else really cares about, you, you don't have to defend. You don't have to look over your shoulder, and I love that, okay? Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying it, you know, generally overall, big picture, okay? So it all boils down to keyword research. Get really good at it. I have spent, I have spent months messing around with keyword research tools, all of them. I have paid for subscriptions to all of them. My, my favorite is Ahrefs. It's expensive, I know. Years ago, it was, it was a huge, huge chunk. In fact, I would, I would subscribe, and then I would unsubscribe, and then I would subscribe, just you know, use it only when I needed it, did the best I could. Uber suggests is good. It's not quite as good as Ahrefs. I think uh, Neil Patel is starting to charge for that, which means maybe, well, A, you know, the free party's over. He wrote a big blog post about that, and I totally get where he's coming from. Uh, he, he can't keep losing 250000 a month to keep that thing going. So anyways, there are a lot of free components of that, though, so it's good. There are other tools, though. Answer the Public, an absolutely golden tool online. You get three free searches a day. Use them wisely or pay the 100 bucks a month. Here's the thing with that. I love Answer the Public. I think the whole thing is super clever. Most importantly, I think it generates some really good results. I found absolute gems there. 99 bucks is a bit much, though, for really just one functionality. Uh, I'm pretty liberal when it comes to buying tools and using them, if I think even I can get a little bit. But even I can't even come up. I just can't spend the, the 100 bucks. I think they should price it at like 20 bucks a month. I'm in. I'll pay the 20 bucks a month and use it when I need it. But they do offer the three free searches a day, and that should be plenty, actually. So so use that one. Keywordshader.com, an absolutely golden tool, still free. Insert a seed, key, seed keyword, and you're going to get just tons and tons and tons of, of suggestions. Okay. These are the tools I use, and I I encourage you, no matter what strategy you use, get very good at it. Now, if you're going to go something with something more robust like SEMrush, which is also excellent, I just prefer Ahrefs or Ahrefs, 
play around. Okay, I have found I have found I don't know how many great articles just mucking around in there. You know, I'm not I'm not on a mission trying to, you know, oh I gotta get the find keywords and I'm gonna do it this way and that way. I just go in there and I just play around and I'm actually keenly interested in what are some of these undiscovered topics across my niches. And I usually often will find topics for other niche sites while I'm doing research for a particular niche site. And I'll spend literally hours just in there monkeying around and putting together a little list. But here's the thing. The more you do, the more you find. Because once you find a couple of good solid keywords or angles, it's going to give you ideas to apply it to many different other keyword research approaches. Now, I'm I'm talking abstractly here, of course, and you can't see exactly, you can't see me using it because this is a podcast. I have a course on this. It's called Long Tail Deep Dive, and I go through all my methods, primarily using Ahrefs because, well, the other the other tools are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, answer the public. Stick in a word, it spits it out. Keyword research, stick in a word, it spits it out. I discuss those, and there's ways to use it in conjunction with Ahrefs. But Ahrefs has some very powerful approaches if you're clever about it, and it's all about what you input, and so check it out. There are a lot of good ways to find keywords that your competition is not going to use. And that's the absolute key. And this really dawned on me years ago because, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've made a living essentially off SEO back when I you know, blogged for a brick-and-mortar business and then I did marketing for some law firms and then I expanded into my niche sites. And, I mean, at the end of the day, 90% of the traffic I've ever gotten from day one is Google search. So, I mean, SEO has been my thing. And... It always made sense to me. I remember reading years ago in a forum, somebody was talking about, you know, why would you compete with 100 sites, 10 of which have huge authority for the same keyword, when with just a little bit of digging, you can find a great keyword with not as much potential, but rank for it merely by writing an article and publishing and doing nothing else. And the light bulb went off, and I'm like, absolutely. Talk about the path of least resistance. I'd rather get 200 visitors to an article per month than zero just because I couldn't rank for the difficult keyword. So that's my that, that was sort of the, the, the whole aha moment for me and my approach. Okay, now that's evolved, all right? Here, here's how it evolved. With, with my largest niche site, which is, wow, it's six years old, I think, now? Wow, time flies. Anyway, I, I was publishing, I was going for a particular number of topics, and Basically, I was going head-to-head with a lot of big sites. It was the popular topics on there. And I wasn't really getting much traction on there. And then I decided to publish on a different topic altogether. And I threw out a few articles. And these things ranked after a few months. And not only were they ranking, they were actually pulling some pretty good traffic. And it was lucrative traffic because it was a pretty commercial, viable set of keywords. And I was, I was just like, all right, this is it. This is the new direction. I carpet bombed those topics like you wouldn't believe. And my site still ranks for that. So here's the thing, right? When you carpet bomb a topic, let's call it an article cluster. We can call them silo. We can call it article series, all the same thing. When you carpet bomb a topic with 10, 20, 30, 50 articles all revolving around a single topic, and assuming they're good articles, like really good, don't phone it in. Google is going to view your site as an authority on that very particular subtopic, all right? Not every topic, 
But eventually Google is going to recognize your site and say, oh, wow, okay, they, they really nailed that topic. They've covered it in depth. They're hitting all the, all the search terms. And that's where you want to get because you, are, you have built a very strong fortress of content around a particular topic. And that's what I do over and over and over. Now, not every article I publish is part of a cluster, but I do work on, I have several clusters going all the time. And once I wrap them up, I'll move on and continue with others. And in fact, I have quite a bit of content on my sites. I will go back to a lot of existing content and be like, oh, well, you know, I only published two or three articles on that specific topic. Let's, let's fill that out. Let's see what we can do. Within minutes, I can literally come up with 20, 30 articles. Right? And the reason I say that is, is I've, I've, A, I've been in my niches for a long time, so I, I know various approaches to articles. Essentially, they're all the same across any topic. Uh, so I can you know, get a whole cluster pretty much planned out very, very quickly. But I'll do further digging and see what else I could find. So it's, it's unlimited. So you kind of go broad to begin with. Still go long tail, but go broad. When something works kill that topic. I mean, completely carpet bomb it. And it works. It just takes time, though. you got to be patient. And write good content. Don't phone it in. I mean, if, if, if visitors are coming to your site and they're not liking it, no matter how many articles you have on a topic, that's not going to do you any favors. All right, so let's move on, on to why the crank and bank strategy. Okay, there are three reasons for this. First off, it's simple. It's really simple. I love simple. I do not like complicated. I don't do, like doing a lot of analysis. I'm not a big Google Analytics search console guy. Um, if you are, it's great. It'll serve you well. I know a lot of people get a lot of success really doing a lot of analytics. For me, it's simple. Long tail, low competition, fits within a niche, boom, publish, done. Okay, wait, does it work? Am I getting traffic? Does Google rank for it? Rank it? Yes, okay, cluster, boom. Now remember, when you do a cluster, you are also going to go for the high search volume, all right? That doesn't mean you're going to rank for it, but you start thinking as a publisher rather than a marketer at this point because you, what you want to do is you want, when you, when you go after a cluster, you want to think about how can I provide everything I need to provide for your audience? If somebody comes to your site, and they're interested in that particular topic. You want to be the go-to, right? So don't think about serving the search engines entirely. In fact, I would suggest start at this point, start thinking more about your audience, about your readership. What do they want to know? How much do they need to know? How do you want to set up your articles? Think think about what's best for them, and the, re- the results will be good. And the more and more I'm in this business, it's more about the audience and less about what does Google want? That, that doesn't mean I ignore on-page SEO. I think that's foolish. I think that's really foolish. It doesn't mean I, I don't put the keywords in, in the titles and do all that on-page stuff that's needed to communicate it to Google. After all, I'm simply communicating to, to a Google algorithm. And if I want the traffic from there, you got you got to tell Google what it is that they want. But that's really what on-page SEO is all about. It's essentially communicating to Google and saying, this is what the article is about. And after that, it's up to Google. But 
you know, really at, at its heart, it's about your audience. So don't forget that and think about that when you plan out your clusters. The second reason why I love the crank a bank strategy is it's super easy to outsource. All right. I have pretty much outsourced almost every aspect of my niche sites these days. Uh, that may change. Sometimes, you know, I come up with new new ideas, new workflows, and I may have to get back involved. But what for now, they're, they're mostly outsourced. And I've even outsourced a lot of the keyword research and uh I still do some of it, but I'll just send them over to a content strategist and they'll do the outlines and all that for the writers. But at the end of the day, this is really easy because all you are doing is one thing, and that is keyword research publish, keyword research publish, keyword research publish. That can all be outsourced. All right? Even if you want to do the keyword research yourself, you, I, once you get adept at it and you've got a few methods up your sleeve, few hours a month, you're going to bang out lots of, lots of topics. You send them over to somebody to write up the briefs, who send it to the writers, who then send it to the VAs to format on your site and publish it, you're done. All right? Easy to outsource. When you're going for the rank and bank strategy, you've got an outreach aspect, you've got link building aspect, you've got to write killer content, you've got the keyword research. There's a lot more moving parts. Now, again, I'm not knocking this. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to hear from somebody, well, hey, you know, I... I, I build links and I'm ranking, I'm getting 6 million visits a month and with only 100 articles, that's awesome. It works. I know it works. Uh, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just saying if you don't like the idea of building links and doing all the outreach and all of that, there are other options. And the third reason I really like this is, is I um, this kind of falls back on the whole fast stake your URL approach. Um, back in the day when there were vinyl records, uh, you had the A side and the B side. All right, the A side were the intended hits. This is these were considered the better songs. All right, the B side were filler. You had to put something there. All right, so a lot of bands would just, you know, phone it in, crank out a bunch of songs, throw it on the B side. But here's the thing: there have been a lot of B side songs that turn into number one hits, big, big hits, which is an accidental success. And that can happen with the crank and bank strategy. The more URLs you stake the more accidental success you're going to have because you're going after more keywords. It's going to give you more cluster opportunities. A good example of a B-side song that became Monster Hit, and one of them, I, I love the song Ruby Cheesy by Rolling Stones. I, when I read that, I was like, well, that was actually a B-side filler tune back in the day. Well, it's, it's one of their biggest hits. I mean, Rolling Stones, you think Ruby Cheesy. Anyways, fun example. Uh, lots of examples, actually. These days, of course, with streaming, it's a whole different ballgame, but um, I guess I'm dating myself a bit. Crank and bank is a great strategy. If it resonates with you, give it a shot. And you can deploy it with many other content strategies. That's what I like about it, too. So it's not, you know, one or the other. Thanks for listening.